0: My life, how uh, it took 40 years to make it into the big time by Carl Solomon.
1: That's my friend Carl Solomon. He and I have known each other since probably 2007. My name is Tim Polary, and I'm interested in people. Some folks might know me for my work in true crime, having hosted the Missing More Murray and Crawlspace podcast for years, but this is a much different kind of show. This is about my friends and their wild lives. And you've seen The Grateful Dead uh, how many times now?
0: 592.
1: This is actor Carl Solomon. You may know him from movies like The Greasy Strangler or Pan Man or Adult Swim's Tropical Cocktails.
0: I forgot to mention another Jim Hosking production, An Evening with Beverly Lynn. Carl
1: recently performed in a movie called "An Evening with Beverly Luff Lynn," directed by
0: Jim Hosking. Shout out, Jim! So we had Aubrey Plaza. Oh, great! Yeah, yeah. um, Emil Hirsch Uh and uh, Larry, uh, the main character. uh, I didn't see this one. That guy, uh, Craig Robinson.
1: Craig Robinson. Yes, season one of Life of will feature my friend Carl Solomon and his life of art, music and drugs. How how were they to work with? How was uh, Aubrey Plaza?
0: Yeah. Oh, she, yeah. Yeah, she was really nice. Great. Yes, uh they were all nice. That's good um, to hear. Yes. Everybody was really friendly. It was family there. We all stayed at um uh, the same hotel, the Eureka Inn. And oh yeah, they um uh, I was I was so grateful that Jim picked my favorite county in California to shoot an evening with Beverly Laflin which was Humboldt County.
1: <laughs> you love it. Why why do you love Humboldt County? Goodies. <laughs> what do you mean by goodies? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean?
0: Um <laughs> <It's illegal. laughs> what, what Humboldt County is like <laughs> <laughs> famous for? Okay, That's um, a
1: legal uh, legal fun. Legal yes, fun. yes, yes, legal
0: though. fun. Yeah, um, yeah, and now it's um, every county is you know yeah. really good. But that was like the beginning, right, uh, right? Humboldt was the beginning. At the in the beginning, they picked those places to grow. Yeah, but basically, uh, um, especially if you do you know it indoor. Um, yeah, yeah, you could basically grow anywhere.
1: Yeah, I had a friend who w- used to work up there uh certain seasons and he would pick and then and come back, make a lot of money and then come back, you know, and do acting and stuff like that.
0: Yes, yes. Did
1: you ever live up there? I did that. You uh, did that too? I, yes. Oh, okay, yes. cool. Oh, I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was it fun?
0: Uh, yes.
1: Did you get to smoke a lot of
0: it? Um, yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh did was it did it get dangerous at any point?
0: No, but what happened is um Even though it was legal, um, you know, uh, uh, for some reason, one of my friends, you know, in places got raided.
1: Oh, um, yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah, For, um, you know, no reason at all. Yeah. Uh, They said, you know, they said it was, you know, complaints. Even though it's legal. Yeah. Only a few growers have the right to grow. Right. And. uh, because, you know
1: they're cracking down because of the taxes and everything. They, uh, they want to make no, sure. No, but they when they
0: would... they passed that law, you know they they um it was the um, the only people that had the right to grow were yeah. the cronies oh. of the whoever is in in office oh, at see. that time, including Newsom. Yeah, you gotta read through And if you decide to grow and you're not on that list, uh, your place gets raided.
1: Well. Carl, let's back it up. Oh let's, yeah, let's uh, yes, let's go but, way back and um, what? So when were you born? When and where?
0: Um, uh, nineteen fifty two. Um, and I visited uh, the places that I lived. Uh, just um, the past. Uh, it, well, this week.
1: Yeah, that's very good. Because
0: uh, yeah, I'm here for a wedding. Uh, congratulations, Laura and Danny.
1: Congrats to Laura and Danny. So th- those are your family. You were here for a family wedding.
0: Yes, yes. I haven't seen them. Um, since Laura's boss mitzvah, oh uh, wow, which was I I believe it might have been two thousand and two.
1: So it's been a while.
0: And, yeah, it's great. Like seeing everybody.
1: So you're visiting your roots back here on the yes, east coast. Yes,
0: yes. Um, I even uh, stopped by uh, to s- s- see if um, you know just to eat um, yeah. in the town where my prep school was, and it was like you know my prep school, which changed my life.
1: Um, we will get into it. All right, so. So you were born in 1952
0: in, in where? Uh, Queens. Queens. Um, you know, New York.
1: Oh, okay. I thought on Facebook it said Plainville.
0: Plainview. Plainview. Plain. Well, we moved to, all right, I was born on, it was Bell Boulevard in Queens. Okay. I lived with my family. And um, I would say in 1958, um, we took the plunge into Suburbia,
1: <laughs> okay, um,
0: and it wasn't. It wasn't like that Penelope Spheres film. Have you seen that? I have
1: not. Oh, is it Suburbia?
0: There's a film called Suburbia. By I, Su- I
1: did see that one. Yeah, yes, in it's the about 90s. Punk, punk
0: rockers and skateboarders. I like that movie. Yes, yeah. I loved it too. <laughs> but no, it wasn't like that. Um, it was. It was a miserable childhood, to be honest. Um, Why? It's just you know, like I was a square peg that didn't fit in. Yeah.
1: Okay. Well, that, that's exactly why you're here, Carl. Because uh, you, I saw on Facebook, you, um, you wrote that you were like, "This is the high school I never attended."
0: Yes. And
1: I realized, like, you know, you, you, as you put it, you were a square peg in a round hole. You were never meant to conform yes. like that. So yes. So I, I want to get to why that is.
0: Why? Because, well, what happened? Um, I guess you could start off with the Beatles. Okay. Everybody having long hair. Uh huh and then what the media um to you all right there was a columnist uh-huh. um from the San Francisco Chronicle at that time who coined the word hippie <laughs> yep <laughs> <laughs> herb kane he's the one that you know caused that word Okay. Uh, but the proper you know term is you know counterculture yeah um, uh, yeah, because people were rebelling,
1: so you got into that that right yes w- right yes away.
0: around um i guess um around sixty eight okay
1: uh, so so that leads so that means you were like around sixteen at that point, uh, so that's right in in that range where you can really start to make your own decisions and yes, start to like not go to high school and stuff like yes, that, yes, yes,
0: and go to Woodstock the following year <laughs> with them, you know, my parents said no, yes, I went
1: anyway, I love it, how was woodstock? Excellent! <laughs> the Excellent.
0: Best? Um, they, they can't duplicate it this year. There's supposed to be two Woodstocks. Oh, really? Yes. Um, and one, they're like one is being uh, planned far from where the original Woodstock was. There, uh, some um, casino in Syracuse.
1: So, music is also a big part of your life. Yes, always has been.
0: Yes, it has. Um, I like concerts. Yeah, um, it's a. Um, yeah, you know, a place to escape yeah. in another world when you go to concerts. Uh, in fact, I'm seeing Paul McCartney in a few days. Oh, nice! Dodger Stadium. Very cool. Yeah. Well,
1: that's great. Yeah, I see you on uh, on Facebook you're always going to shows.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: And you've seen The Grateful Dead. Uh, how many times now?
0: Five hundred and ninety-two, and I'm not counting the offshoot bands or any of or any post. Jerry, um, you know, band um, from Woodstock in 69 to 94. Uh, 94 at, what was, oh, Las Vegas, 94.
1: 592 times. Yes.
0: With Jerry. With Jerry.
1: Did you meet Jerry at any point?
0: Um, once or twice. Okay. <laughs> it was really funny. It, it, oh, very close by here. Okay. Uh, the Boston Music Hall show oh. of '76, and I uh, couldn't get in. Um, I remember one time I did um, sneak into one of the Boston Music Hall shows, and and I saw my first Saint Stephen. I was really surprised. You saw your first uh, oh Saint Stephen? That's uh, one of their uh, songs. Oh, okay. Saint Stephen. Oh, okay. Um, it, in fact, it's my favorite Grateful Dead song oh, of okay. all time. I <laughs> uh, yeah, I forgot to tell you that, but. <laughs> With the rose, in and out of the he goes. In the, wind and the rain. he goes, the people all
1: Do you remember how but you what snuck? what happened was yeah.
0: somehow, I guess somebody would, from the inside, saw us knocking and would uh, open it. The old, you know, movie theater <laughs> trick. Sure. But the okay. second time around, um, I was walking around the venue and a cop stopped me, went through my pockets for no reason of all, uh, found my bag of goodies and then um, dumped it in the snow. Oh. I was, so it was like, I, was, I felt really miserable. So I found out where he, where he was staying. This is a really funny story. Oh, I can't believe it. I, the dead were staying at the Sheraton <laughs> okay. in um, Boston. So I knocked on um, Jerry's door. And he was pissed. Uh, Even that was the afternoon, he was sleeping. Uh, Yeah. So, um, what'd you say to him? Jerry, I came here all the way from New York. And Jerry said, Well, I came here all the way from California. (laughs) (laughs) And then, um, okay. um, Well, good night, Jerry. Uh, Sorry. Uh, and then, um uh, before you know it, but I already had gone back into the elevator. Um, his bodyguard, Steve Parrish was chasing everybody off the floor. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: good thing you got into the elevator in time.
0: <laughs> yes. So that was, uh, and, and the second time was like, um, tell you right, Colorado in uh-huh. 87. Um, I gave him my beer. Oh really? He took it. At a yeah. show? Um yes, while while he was in the limo. have oh, after very the cool. show. Yeah, yes, yeah. yes. Wow, and, and that was it. It's
1: a limited interaction with yes. Jerry Garcia, even though you saw you saw him and the Dead five hundred ninety two times.
0: Yes, yes, and I've also seen you know him in the Jerry Garcia band.
1: Oh, you, you saw him separately as the- yes,
0: uh, but I don't count that as five nine. Uh, okay. I, I count that separately. Interesting. It was all Grateful Dead performances from Woodstock to Las Vegas.
1: Now, how does someone how how, how did you do it? How did you see five hundred ninety two Grateful Dead shows?
0: I was broke um, during their early years. Yeah. But it was um able to um um you know get by. I remember in nineteen um eighty I um in the summer I just hitchhiked and I was able to um you know get in, you know, like most shows. And they were in there of course, of course they were cheaper. It, yeah. The shows were cheaper and it's it startles me that, you know, nowadays, see Dead and Company, you know, it's a lot it's more expensive. Yeah. And there's no Jerry.
1: Do you still go see them?
0: Yes, but yeah. um just locally, I went to the two Dead and Company shows at the Hollywood Bowl, mm-hmm. and they were really good.
1: So, it didn't did you ever like uh, sell T-shirts or something like
0: that? With the yes, dead? yes, I sold Fatty Zone T-shirts. Fatty Zone, uh, fa- you know, Fatty is a big spliff. Uh okay. <laughs> Yes, yes. So, um, I, I used to sell. You have now entered the Fatty Zone, okay. and um, the biggest place where I had the most success was one of their shows. At the Pittsburgh Civic Arena uh-huh. um, in '88 or '89,
1: and uh, what happened there?
0: Um, oh, they they bought all of them from me, but um, the other places not so much. Yeah, but for some reason, uh, Pittsburgh uh, was the best place, and they and they loved the idea.
1: Yeah, so that's where you made the money to go to these shows uh, and travel yes, around. Yes, okay, all right, interesting let's go back in time a little bit um so around this time 1968 you you sort of stopped going to high school is that accurate
0: yes yes and i kept on running away
1: you kept running away from home
0: yes yes um did you the, not have a good the rel- east village uh the, at that time um the place where it was happening was the east village
1: that's where the culture movement the culture, yeah
0: the culture was um there was an attempt um and that's why um um, suburbia. Uh, suburbia was really racist. Oh, really? Um, they had uh segregated, um, in the late 60s, they had segregated um, um, a place in um, Nassau County called Planning Fields Arboretum. Does it name ring a bell? No, um, they uh, people that had long hair and blacks mm. were um, were banned. Uh, from planting fields to operate them was a free place, and um, they had hired cops to um, chase, um, you know, people away um, or uh, just search them and arrest them. And this was going on in the years sixty-eight and sixty-nine. And um, it's the ACLU brought a suit. And so
1: this was happening in suburbia, where in you, suburbia where it you were was living. an
0: exclusive them for Tourists and the Idle Rich.
1: This is one of the reasons why you wanted to. Um,
0: One of them. Um, And um, it didn't help that I was uh, bicycling there with my peace sign. Yeah. You know, on. Uh, So um, um, the result of the ACLU suit is they won. So um, planning fields answered with, okay, we'll just charge admission. And that and that kept a lot of people away. They charged like a really high price, maybe like well ten dollars, which is high at that time. Yeah, you know, to just go visit, um, you know, the gardens, and because yeah. you know, they just wanted to keep the exclusivity.
1: So, what about uh, what about your your siblings? Do you have any siblings?
0: Yes, yes. Oh, okay. I, I just saw him um, um, yesterday. Oh, very cool. Um, uh, yes, on uh, the last uh, two or three days. Oh, okay, um, we,
1: older brother or younger?
0: Younger, two years younger. Okay, he has a family, has a nice house in um, East Meadow, um, and he and he decided to leave in Long Island. Um, so he he went live...
1: the more conventional route.
0: Yes, yes. And
1: his older brother Carl went uh, <laughs> went the counterculture route.
0: Yes, yes. So I'm that's... just
1: trying to figure out like yes, why yes. you guys were raised in the same house. Like, was it was it acting that, that no, you didn't have I any never was into acting okay
0: um not it, it didn't take that was till 1979 I, I, I caught the acting bug
1: so it was music it was it was quite it's, literally rock and roll music that yes yes of, it
0: was a lot and um i kept it and due to my um running away and um i think uh my parents also you know consulting with you know a psych, you know a psychologist. Uh-huh. Um,
1: oh boy, what did they have to say? <laughs>
0: <laughs> recommended. Um, you know, maybe he needs a prep school. Uh, okay, right. and uh, we we searched the prep schools. Uh, Milford. I was there for six months. That didn't work out. Why? Wow. Uh, I, I didn't fit in, but what? Kingsley Hall did. It did. Why? I made friends there.
1: Was it, it like
0: artistic? Um, and artistic, yes. It was a, so it was a school and for what artists. what happened was they were listening to music yep. that was not on the radio yet. This was like a year or two before the progressive rock format had hit the radio. And the thing is uh, they turned me on to music that was not played on the radio at that time. Cream. Hendrix. The Paul Butterfield Blues Band.
1: So these bands were never on the radio at that time. You had just heard of them from your classmates?
0: Yes. And
1: teachers, Yeah, Yes, too? and that was
0: really embarrassed. They said, get rid of your monkey albums. <laughs> 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 the monkeys. <laughs>
1: the, Who could the Beatles, forget were, them? they were still respected. The Beatles, yes, yes. Yeah. I love the Beatles, yeah.
0: um, you know. You know, all all my life. Yeah, sure. Um, and I still do. Me too. But the monkeys were laughed about, just like we laugh about Justin Bieber. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Okay. So did did you start playing music at at, at the school, or uh, did your friends play music at the school? Your classmates?
0: Um. Yes, that we had uh, musicians there. I, in fact, one of them uh, let me be. Um. His drum manager, so I could, you know, like get comped to go to this show. <laughs> okay, and it was in New Haven. We went yep. to New Haven, and I, and of course, the number one song. But you weren't around. And guess what? The number one song that every single garage band was performing at that time. I'll give you a hint. Dun, 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 dun. Sunshine of Your Love. Sunshine of Your
1: Love by Cream. I was going to guess a Cream song.
0: Yes, yes. And they were really great. And it took me, I didn't see Clapton until my adventure in um, Europe and Israel. Oh, really? Um,
1: Wow. Let me write that down to hit that. Yes.
0: (laughs) And that was um, 78 through 80, my adventures overseas. You were there without, without a penny.
1: Several years. How, uh yes. Would, how'd you get there?
0: Um, I well, I had my, you know you I, the only income. I, I all right. What happened was, what happened was, um, my mom. May she rest in peace. She just passed away. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, um, well, she found out you know that you know as part of like going to Kingsley Hall. You know, I started dosing. Yeah. You know, because that was, you know, it was so it's doing something that was a little bit more intense than, you know, smoking weed. Right. You know, acid. Right. And um, I don't do it anymore because it's it could overtake you and you can't uh, maintenance. Yeah. I and mean, there's if you're going to, like, alter your consciousness, there has to be some maintenance. Right. You know, with it, you know, instead of just staring at the ceiling 24 seven. Yeah. So um, they, they took me out of Kingsley Hall. I ran away to Kingsley Hall too. I missed my last year of high school as oh, okay. a result of that. And you know, eventually in '71, I took the GED, mm-hmm. um, and then I uh, went to um, a couple of colleges.
1: Okay, yeah. So, so your classmates introduced you to other kinds of drugs, and, yes, and music, yes. and such? yeah,
0: LSD and mescaline, you know, and uh, Hawaiian baby woodrose. Okay. Do you remember that? No. Oh yes, it was like morning glory seeds. Oh. If you couldn't get a hold of, um, you know, acid, you oh. might as well, you know, get something really close.
1: So this is when you were like a junior in high school.
0: Um. Yes, it was. like um, Yeah, sophomore and junior. Both okay. Sophomore and junior.
1: Okay, and then so so you were only at Kingsley Hall for like a year then. Two years. Two years. Okay. Um, I
0: didn't go to the the senior year because. Right. Um, your mom found out, you said? My mom found out, uh, you know, I was altering my consciousness.
1: How did she find out?
0: Uh, by listening on my phone conversations. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, boy. Yes, I remember yes. that old trick. Yeah, so that <laughs> happened to you, too?
1: Uh, I mean, I didn't really get in trouble. They, they were I, really, I, and they yeah. believed,
0: um, that, you know, the propaganda. Yeah. You know, like, there right, was a lot right. of heavily um, anti-marijuana propaganda, you know, back in um, the... Um, Right, the sixties. The fact that was a short film uh, narrated by Sonny Bono that said we should obey the law and not you know smoke weed.
1: Well, look at us now, Carl. We are obeying the law in smoking weed.
0: Yes, <laughs> yes, that's We've the best way, way to put it. Yes, <laughs> As a society. Yes. Okay,
1: so you were you left high school and then you bu- somehow got to Europe.
0: Um, yes, but um, there's some gaps. Um, so. Um, um my Canadian trip um in nineteen seventy. Um so uh, the summer of seventy, um my dad gave me ten dollars and um said um okay, get it out of your system to look for utopia. And I took the Greyhound up um you know, and I decided to you know hitch across the country. But because of pig problems. Um, pig in other pro- words, oh, I would, I kept getting harassed yeah. all the time for <laughs> hitchhiking in California. I mean, in hitchhiking or anywhere in America. Yeah. But it's perfectly legal. in – you know, found out it was perfectly legal in Canada. And so if I have to go from coast to coast, I see. I'm going to take the Trans Canada Highway. Okay. Um, and, um, because I'm not going to get you know pulled over by the cops there. In the beginning, they wouldn't let me into Canada and I because um, they would ask, oh, well, how much money do you have? You have to prove that you have lots of money. <laughs> and I think I, I think they stopped doing that because yeah. all you have to do is, you know, because everybody has credit cards and they can't tell how much money is in your bank or not.
1: Yeah, they ask but, you what you're doing, I think, still in Canada. Yes, but uh, if you didn't have a good answer, they might you know, yes. hesitate.
0: So this is um, what I did. Um, I hitched across... Um there was um a road that went over um Lake Champlain, which uh-huh. is on the border of uh, Canada and um New York, okay And there was a little like almost dirt road uh, that went from Vermont into Canada and before the and there was one um, one man booth. And so what I did was uh, um I went into the woods. Where, and I never told this story to anybody how I got into Canada. But okay, it's a very it. interesting story. <laughs> yeah. So I went to the, into the woods where there's like t- mosquitoes, black bugs and everything and uh, thorns and everything. And then walked a mile in the same direction of the road, parallel to the road that I came on. Okay. You know, knowing that I'm past the, um, you know, I'm past that one you know, guard gates. Right. And then I went back to the dirt dirt road, stuck up my thumb and got a ride into uh, Montreal.
1: So you just walked into Canada.
0: Yes. I walked into Canada. I had to do that. And nowadays you could do that. Well, no, you can't do it anymore. Um, things changed after nine eleven. What I did then in the year 1970, um, you could not do that now. Yeah. Um, So I hitchhiked. It took forever uh, because everybody else is hitchhiking. Now, if you don't see any people hitchhiking, it's because they use Craigslist to get rides in advance. Oh, really? Yes. That's how they're doing it nowadays. Um, Hmm. You don't see anybody hitchhiking. Um, So I go through Canada and then in Winnipeg on July 1st, 1970, my second performance of The Grateful Dead. And they made that into a movie recently called The Festival Express. Very cool. Yes, yes, and then that was funny when they um, at the when um, Delaney Bon Delaney and Bonnie came on. It was Delaney's birthday, and they put orange sunshine in, into the cake. And I tried to you know get up front, uh, but the cake was all gone. <laughs> uh, everybody was like grabbing for it. We, everybody knew it was dosed it. In, yeah. in, in advance, uh-huh. and so um, that, that's that's the thing I remember most. And they had like Janis Joplin and the band, and you got to see the movie. It's called the Festival Express. Right, I'll check I, I highly recommend it's a whole documentary and that whole d- thing. And then I went to Vancouver, where um, I did something stupid. I wound up, you know, I had no way to make money, so I, you know, I sold doses on the street, and then it got caught by the cops. Yeah. And spent two and a half months until they decided to deport me.
1: Oh, wow. Yes, yes. Two and a half months. Now, was that like uh, actual prison that they sent you to or just kind of the local jail?
0: Uh, Prison. Wow. It's not there anymore. Um, So I don't have a record of it.
1: What was that like?
0: Um, I guess it would be better than an American jail.
1: Yeah. They were nicer. Yeah, they were nicer.
0: (laughs) Yes, but um, it was... It was bad, so I'm deported, and then then, um, I didn't want to go home, so what did I do after that? I still continued my running away adventures, I don't know where I went. So I I went somewhere else.
1: So you went north to the New York-Canada border, and you started hitchhiking west, and you got all the way across the country to Vancouver, where you got in a little bit of trouble, um, and then were ultimately deported a few months later back to New York or to California or uh, where did they t- send you?
0: Well, they sent me to Toronto uh, and, um, they flew me into LaGuardia and, okay. uh, my parents were meeting, but I refused to meet them. Why? Um, um, it's, it's a long story. You just felt bad or it was just more complicated. It's more complicated. Yeah. Um, I'm really, you know, we, we got a, you know, long, you know, I mean, we, we patch things up, um, you know, I, you know, I I still love them, you know, they're trying to do what's best for me and what, you know, they just, you know, believed the propaganda from radio and TV.
1: Yeah. I can imagine it's a tough situation as a parent being, you know, being put in where your, your kid obviously doesn't want to conform to the normalcies that, that everyone around you conforms to, um, and they're probably afraid of what would happen to you, where you might go, what might happen to yes, you yes, he's, you know. he's,
0: yes, these yes, it surely are you know are worried about me,
1: yeah, I can see that
0: I wound up going to Florida, where I wound up staying with my uncle, and um he um convinced me to um take the g e d test. That's what I did. And then I patched things up with my parents, went back there, and I went, um, I went, to, um, I started going to um, a two year college in 71 uh, called Sullivan County Community College. Okay. And then I transferred from there to Graham Junior College. Oh, that's, uh, guess where Graham Junior College is? Where? Kenmore Square. Oh, really? (laughs) But it went bankrupt. (laughs) Uh, Yes. (laughs) So then from there, I transferred to Buffalo State College.
1: Okay, okay. And Um, you were like uh, 19, somewhere in that range, 20? Yeah. Okay. And so, how long did you stay at Buffalo State College?
0: I stayed there until seventy seven, and I got a BA in mass communication.
1: Excellent. Okay, so did you start to kind of um, like uh, w- at what? Point- well, that's the
0: thing. That the thing is, uh, my goal after yeah. s- you know seeing how other people do it and I lo- loving the music, and I really loved the progressive rock format that the radio stations were getting it together. Not, it's not like really perfect. Yeah. Um, because you still have to limit um, how long the, the length of the music is due to advertising.
1: <laughs> That's right.
0: And so um, I mean, we had uh, WNEW-FM. That was one of the um, the most uh, famous um, proger- progressive rock stations. And, of course, uh, right in your woods, WBCN, oh, in the yeah. Prudential Building. That's Do you remember
1: right. that? Yeah, WBCN, yep. Yes. Famous uh, radio station in Boston, rock Yes, radio
0: yes. And not really
1: around anymore.
0: None of those are around anymore, yeah. and it's disco. Yeah. The Disco um, destroyed yeah. my dream, my dream of being a DJ. And I found out when I went to um, – actually, um, they were honest with me. At Graham Junior College, they said, the people, it's not the DJs in the radio business that make the money. It's the people in sales. Mm. And then they become the salespeople. Wind up as general managers. Um, yeah. So yeah. So and, not much money in it as a there DJ. is. No, there's no much much money into DJ. It's not. Uh, we not like uh, Steve Aiko. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So and my brother. Um. At that time, he was a disc jockey. Oh. Cool. At a roller skating wing rink in. Because um, he loved doing it uh, over in. Um, I think it was in Jericho or Syosset. Okay. The thing is, that was minimum wage too. Yeah. It, and um, the, the reality of it is the jobs that we loved, we had to give up. It happened when the, the teacher, the teacher I had, the broadcasting teacher recommended yep. that, you know, it, you know, do an intern, you know, at a radio station, you know, a community one. And I chose... He thought I was going to do one in Buffalo, but um, I didn't. I, I did one in KOTO-FM in Telluride, Colorado.
1: So, okay. So you ended up all the way across the country. Yes. Um, now, was that like uh, some kind of uh, intern setup that you had and you just – no,
0: um, Yes, he was going to um, The general manager even um, wrote a letter to uh, Bob Shield, uh, okay. um, the head of the uh, broadcasting department. Wow. Actually, Bob Shield was opposed to the whole thing. As opposed to having you? He um, um, said it had to be uh, already. Well, all, all, I'm already set up with this radio station. I'm not getting paid and everything. And um, there's no way I can make money. Um, and so I, I did something really bad. Well It's not bad, bad, bad. What'd you do? Passing bad checks. Oh, no. <laughs> and so uh, they... Um, so I could support my broadcasting career, which I wasn't getting paid a penny. Yeah. It it was, um, but that's what I got my degree in. So what happened is they arrested me, took me out of Telluride and um, flew me to Denver. Uh, But before this is the thing, it never came to trial. This fake uh, doctor came to all the cells and said, Oh, he's my perfect specimen pointing to me. Really? Yeah, he had me – it doesn't exist anymore. BPI, Boulder Psychiatric Institute, had me in there for um, two or three weeks.
1: Why did he choose you? Out of other prisoners or out of
0: uh... – Out of all the prisoners uh, because he he gets a cut from the money. But I remember him sending um, a letter to my father to – pay for the commitments and uh, my father said no rightfully he said no cuz he was like a scam artist yeah yeah rem- remember it well and um and that's when i said i'll have to give up broadcasting because um from all these angles you know i could not get any help for something i love to do yeah called broadcasting and you know, playing the music I want and um not being appreciated for it or anything.
1: Sounds like you pushed it pretty much as far as you could.
0: I did. Um and that's when I ran into um a friend of mine said, you know, in California named Richie Moss, who just passed away. Um I helped in the um organize a funeral for him I'm sorry. um in what was it? Um it was January. Um, in fact, I posted the scattering of his ashes. Oh. on um, They recorded it and put it on Facebook. Oh, okay. He was the first fan of the Grateful Dead to get on an experimental program, which is still with us today, SSI, which is part of Social Security. Mm-hmm. But he got me on SSI. And there's a lot of um, negative feedback. For people on SSI, I will, you know, usually get. We have to pay your taxes. It's all your fault. You don't deserve it. And so, and, all right. So I applied um, for SSI in seventy um, seven, and um, I moved to California. Lived with Richie Moss. We lived at ten fifty one Post Street, okay, in San Francisco. And what what happens with SSI? They reject everybody at first. Yeah, and and um, in which case the second step is to hire a shyster lawyer that um, <laughs> gives you um, that um, ha- has a um, a shyster uh, shrink. Okay, and they all write a letter saying that from evaluation this guy cannot handle a job. And please put them on SSI. And um, so, a um, little bit over a year later, voila, I'm on SSI. Okay. And how they operate is the um, both the um, the attorney plus the shrink mm-hmm. they get a cut of your retroactive check because while you're appealing to the SSI people about getting rejected from SSI. When you finally get on it, you get your retroactive check. And that's how these lawyers um operate. So and to this day, I'm on SSI, even though I re- they reduced my SSI after um my um they got upset at the money i made at tropical cocktails but Uh. we'll get to that you know later
1: and we will get to that later carl this was episode one i hope you liked it we're gonna go deeper into carl's life talk about his trip overseas talk about his acting success and much much more